0: welcome to The Conversation. I'm Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Dad, you know, growing up, uh, we'd go to Sunday school and church and there was so much focus on, you know, you got to have a faith like a child. And as a child, I was like, oh, cool. Well, that's easy, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because I'm a child. That's the kind of
1: faith I can have.
0: But as as I get older now, I'm in my 40s, and I see a lot of people who have been walking with the Lord a long time and they they always, when things get complicated, maybe God doesn't come through like they wanted or like, or or, actually usually it happens like this. God doesn't come through for somebody like he wanted. And and somebody comes along with this thing, this response that feels super naive and, and not well thought out. And they're like, well, you know, you just got to have faith like a child. And I think I see it as an excuse a lot of time for naivete. Like, there's something uncomfortable about a way that God works or about a reality in this world, the way that God has allowed something to happen. And we say, a lot of people I know that they just don't want to deal with the discomfort of it. So they write it off in their mind as, I'm going to have a childlike faith. And that means I don't question it, I just go with it. Those are the people that say, you know, God said it, I believe it, and that's enough, which I completely believe that. Uh-huh. But it seems so. Simplistic, and I think I get a little irritated sometimes with with people claiming they have a childlike faith, but really what they have is a worry about de- delving into difficult questions. And you know, King David, Psalm one thirty one. Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up, my eyes are not raised too high. I don't occupy myself with things too great and marvelous for me. I love that verse because there's some things you're just never going to understand about God's ways, right? But I do think you've got to wrestle with some stuff. And just when there's when something uncomfortable reality, just writing it off as, well, a childlike faith is I just believe, you know, whatever. And here we go. Like, I'll just take it as it comes. Is that what God's talking about? Where Jesus in Luke 18, the famous thing he says is, you know, he talks to the disciples and uh, they were bringing Jesus. And Jesus said, let the children come to me and don't hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And what I've heard most of my growing up was this means you know, your faith as a child means you don't need to delve too much into asking hard questions or you just kind of go and just sit on Jesus's knee. Which is a wonderful quaint thought, but there's some hard realities we have to face in life. There's some people listening right now that are facing some things like, God, why would you allow this to happen to me? Yeah and some people would come to them and say well it's just trust god in the middle of it which is true <laughs> right yeah what does childlike faith look like when things are hard
1: <laughs> well again uh, you know you're it's so easy to build this huge house of doctrine based upon a couple of little things like but he's talking about entering the kingdom of god he's saying when you get into the kingdom of god the only way to get in is by just trusting the Lord. Mm. You're not going to be able to do it by your own strength, by your own power. I mean, if you take the whole volume of scripture and then apply it to this, it's simply saying, you're not going to do it. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, the strong man his strength, the rich man in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that I know the Lord. And so that's how you enter the kingdom of God. Now, once you get in, there's going to be some questions and there's some things you worked out. And so, yes, you do remain like childlike, but um, that doesn't mean you don't wrestle with hard questions because if you just remain childlike, there's a difference between childish and childlike. Mm. And so childish is I want what I want when I want it. And that's where I think a lot of it gets in, you know, um, you know that's the childishness. Childlikeness is um, recognizing my dependence upon someone else. As a child, the child recognizes his dependence upon his parents. So I recognize my dependence, but that doesn't mean I'm just going to remain stupid and ignorant and, you know, I am i don't need to learn to read because my daddy can read. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to learn math. I don't need to learn this because my daddy can do that for me. You know, that's, that's childish, you know. And so, yeah, you do wrestle those questions because otherwise you're not going to be prepared when you do get slammed in your face with things in life, when life hits you in the face. Or when you come up against a skeptic. That's a good thing about a little bit of doubt in our lives. Sometimes doubting the Lord is good because it causes us to have to wrestle through things. And then we come to, well, now I know why I believe what I believe, and I'm on a solid foundation. I may be wrong, but at least I know what I believe and why I believe, and I've got scriptural foundation for that. Mm. I remember, um and maybe this kind of sums it up a little bit. The whole story, well, I remember, you know, I tell you these stories about when I was a young believer, um, you know, I was surrounded by a bunch of hippies in the Jesus people movement. And I remember <laughs> another dirty hippie, long hair, smelly guy, you know, uh, I guess I was one of those too, maybe, but I don't know. Anyway, he came up to me one time and he looked at me, and says, remember this, the apostle Paul said, never be removed from the simplicity of the gospel. And I don't know, this guy may have been angelic or something because the way he said it, it just really impacted me. So for years, I thought, don't be removed from the simplicity of the gospel. And finally, I thought, where did he say that? <laughs> I need to look that up and find out where that is. And the only thing I could find is in 2 Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians 11, it says this, um, Paul is writing to the Corinthians, says, I fear that you might be deceived, be beguiled like Eve was by the serpent and be removed f- and be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Mm. Okay, so the, the story behind that, so I realized that, okay, so there is a simplicity to the gospel. And I've had to go back to that many times because I have been removed sometimes from that simplicity. And, and as Eve was beguiled, how was she beguiled? You, this is the tree of knowledge. You will know like God knows. You'll have understanding. You'll be like God because you'll know like he knows. And so she was beguiled with this ideal of knowledge. Now that's not to say knowledge is bad, because throughout the scripture says get wisdom, get knowledge, get understanding. But sometimes we can get so caught up, and I found this in my life. I would get so entangled and so enthralled in the theology of it, and this and that, mm-hmm. and, and 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 just all of a sudden, it's like you're you're like overwhelmed, and your mind's beginning to blow, and you're just beginning to question God and Does He even exist? Who knows? Because of this and because of that. And then I would have to go back to don't be removed from the simplicity of the gospel. And so my I went back to like a An anchor of, well, Karl Barth put it this way. He was a theologian a number of years ago and and well known for all his deep thoughts and profound thoughts. And somebody asked him, What's the most profound thing you've discovered about God? And his response was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Mm. And sometimes we can get so caught up in trying to figure God out and the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, you know, and, and all this knowing. And we just can never be removed from the foundation of Jesus loves me, this I know. Okay, I may not understand this about God, foreknowledge, predestination, all these heavy theological questions, the incarnation, how did that take place? And does, you know, how did the how did the stars that were created and it takes millions of years for the light to get here and yet he says let it be and all of a sudden it's light and the stars there? How did all, all these heavy duty things you just need to go back to, man, he loved me when I was a mess. And and he, he while I was an enemy of God, he died for me. And so, okay, I may have messed up. I may have screwed up. I may not understand things like I should, but Jesus loves me. This I know.
0: Which makes me think of one of the things that you taught me in parenting is that you can make things, when, when things get really complicated with your kids and there's like difficult situations and challenges, if you've built a foundation of trust, the simplicity of my dad loves me. Yeah. I don't know why he's not letting me do this. Cause all my friends are doing this. Yeah. And you know, why would dad do that? If you built that foundation of the simplicity of, you know, Elise knows I love her. Like yeah. she does not doubt it. She but, may not agree with your decision. Oh man. She'll fight me tooth and nail. Dad, yeah. you gotta let me watch more TV. I'm like, no, you're not going to want, she'll <laughs> scream and kick. But once it's over, she'll Wait, come over to me and be like,
1: my granddaughter does that. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. she's, she's, she's uh, She'll fight, and she's getting more stubborn about that stuff. But, but, and we'll have, you know, we'll have a battle of the wills. But then eventually, when I'm laying in bed with her at night and ready to go to bed, it's like it's all past. She knows I love her, even though we've had this battle of. And I think that actually, that's kind of the picture that comes to mind of what you were talking about is once you, when it, when it gets complicated, and you're like, God, why, why are your, why are your ways, why are you allowing yeah. this to happen? Why did you allow this to happen to my family? Why am I struggling with this illness? Why is it that uh, um, I lost my job, whatever it is? And there's all these people that'll offer all sorts of, well, you think about Job's friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All these reasons. Well, wow, you did something wrong, buddy. Yeah. You know, and that, which, which brings you back to it. in the end, Job says, you know, at the end of the whole story, Job says, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Basically, there's like, oh, I've been opened up to a new way of seeing you, I've got a new perspective on you. And, uh, but at the core of that was still like with my daughter, even though we've had these battles and yeah. she's dad, why aren't you letting me? Why don't you give me that? Well, dad loves me. That's yeah. what I'll go back to. And, and that, I guess that's the childlike faith is the simplicity of at the core of all of this. I know I've got a father who's got my best in mind, yeah. yeah. which is, which is what really can, can rattle you when, you start to question um, you know do i really believe that god loves me or uh, you start to question those things because of what you see around you it can be very hard and you have to go back to again that's where the picture of come and sit on jesus's knee is it's yeah. not a come and sit on jesus's knee and ignore the harsh realities of the life around you cuz you're living in a bubble it's when you're surrounded by the harsh realities recognizing that there's a place you can go as a child, because Jesus welcomes you to come in. And that was an interesting observation you made or statement you made too, that that's how you get into the kingdom is recognizing your dependence upon him Um, because you're not going to get in another way, any other way. You can't get in on your own. Elise is completely helpless in some areas without us. Uh, She can't, yeah, she can't drive. She can't, uh, she's getting better at feeding herself, like going, going and (laughs) taking stuff down from the refrigerator and stuff. Uh Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a core at the, at that's, and that's humility at the core of it is recognizing uh, the only reason I get in here is because uh, there's a God who, who welcomes me in yeah and with that. And then, then from that humility though, you can also go and ask the hard questions. Yeah. I don't understand why God's doing this at the core. I know he loves me, but what is going on yeah. here? Why is it happening that way? You know,
1: you know, you mentioned Job there too. And I think maybe this, this passage was so parallel that childlike faith because he also said though he slay me yet will i trust him mm. though he himself though god sticks the knife in i'm still going to trust him and that's and, and that's a hard one because when that knife comes in and you feel like it's God who's done it, because that's what he says, God's the one doing this to me. I didn't do anything to deserve it. He's betrayed me. He's the one, he didn't say betrayed me. He's I mean, he made some accusations against the yeah. Lord because he felt he was righteous. And I'm, well, it says he was.
0: It says he was. Yeah. So I guess
1: he was, you know? And so, and I think what we can, what we can do, you were, you were mentioned earlier about, well, if we don't have that solid foundation that I, God does love me, then when that knife goes in, when the child dies or the uh, kid gets sick or you get sick or you lose your job or whatever that horrible thing is that happens to you, I think what happened there is what David warned us of when he says, forget not all his benefits.
0: Mm.
1: It's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget what he brought us out of and all that he's done for us. And then all we see now is the the darkness, the dark cloud that's around us. And we forget all the good things that he's done up till then. Because none of us could say, well, God's never done anything good for me. I mean, if you even, if you got breath, mm-hmm. if you got life, if you can see the sunshine, if you can hear, if you can, I mean, he's given us so many of these things and it's so easy to forget the benefits when you're in that cloud. And it's so easy to wonder, does God love me? How could he do this to me if he loves me? And And we forget that eternal perspective too, Mm. you know? I mean, that's what David said when he lost a child. For example, that horrible one of losing a child, the oldest son or the oldest child died because of David's sin. It had nothing to do with the child. And David cried out to the Lord and prayed and fasted. And you remember the story and the Lord said, no, he's going to die and the child died. And David comes out, cleans himself up and all the people are stunned. Man, when the kid was just sick, He was a mess, but now that the child's died, he's going to really be a mess. And he comes out, and he says this. He has that eternal perspective. He says, he's not going to come to me, but I will go to him. Mm. And so I I had hoped the Lord would change his mind. I prayed. I cried out. I tried to get the Lord to change his mind, to spare this child's life. But ultimately, I'll see him in eternity. Mm. And that 60 years, 70 years, whatever that he could have spent on earth won't really make that much difference that eternal perspective in those times of darkness is so important.
0: When, when we go on kind of following this theme of what, what is childlike faith, another thing that comes to my mind is when difficult things happen and we ask questions about why, I think if you really take it literally, uh, one of the things that kids are really good at is asking, why? Yeah. Why, 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 why? And that's, that's encouraging to me because I think a lot of times education... <laughs> Tries to, unfortunately, education isn't about asking why questions. It's about here's what you need to know, even in Sunday school. Like a lot of my why questions weren't very welcomed in Sunday school. Just just believe it. Just believe. But yet, part of the function of being childlike is going in with a sense of wonder and going, wow, wow, this is, this is, they're not trying to figure it out so they can control it. They're trying to figure it out so they can understand what. The world that they live in, the questions that Elise asks. Yeah. I mean, she comes up with these wild questions. I'm like, wow, she's really been thinking about this. And I think that's what's interesting is a lot of times what childlike faith gets relegated to is you just simply take it without questioning. But really, if you really look at children, kids are full
1: of questions. Kids yeah, they're
0: full of questions, but there's a sense of wonder about it too. And, um, uh, and, and, and ideally it's, it's a sense of wonder. A lot of times our why, uh, Why's are because as we get older, because we've been burned by something before and we're like, that rings of something that might burn me again or hurt me again. And so you're asking why to protect yourself. But kids are asking why to just try and understand how the world around them works. So there's nothing wrong with questioning.
1: No, not at all. Why,
0: you know, God's ways. And you may never get a satisfactory answer. Like I never got some satisfactory answers in Sunday school. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the questioning element of it, there's nothing ungodly about that. In fact, that isn't a childlike element; it's no, asking in,
1: some questions. In Proverbs, I think it is. Uh, it says that it is the delight of God to hide a matter, or the glory of God to hide a matter. It is the glory of a kings, speaking of royal priesthood, yeah, to search out, to a search matter. it out. And so, God does hide certain things. Well, He hides Himself. He said, mm-hmm. "You shall seek Me, and you shall find Me." Not when you're just casually moping around or stumbling <laughs> around, when you search for me with all your heart. Mm-hmm. And so treasure is hidden, not so that we don't find it, but so that we delight in it when we do find it. Yeah, And, and it's not available just to the casual observer which, because it's so precious. You're not going to cast your pearl before swine. It's so precious. I'm only going to give it to those who really are seeking it, who really want it.
0: Which may be why kids love hide and seek so much. There's an inherent nature of finding something, running and seeking and finding something. That is a, the, maybe yeah, potentially true. the most childlike thing you can do is when it feels like God is hiding himself from you, go seek him out. And that's childlike faith. Childlike faith isn't just saying, well, I don't know why God's being silent. Uh, I'll just sit here sit and here. be helpless. No, it's yeah. childlike faith is, oh, he must want me to go find him. Yeah, which is why kids love hide and seek. My daughter can play that for hours on end. She's always yeah. wanting to go f- to find me. Find me. I am going to go find you, Dad. I am going to find you. Yeah. And maybe that's the essence of what childlike faith is. Is oh, that's really good. Constantly seeking, constantly trying to find. You know, Where is God hiding in this?
1: And, and that speaks so much of David. He was, you know, we it says he was a man after God's heart. And so oftentimes we think of that like, well, that you know, we think of somebody who's after your heart as somebody that's kind of your pet. But no, I think it wasn't speaking of God had a favoritism toward David, but it was God, David was a man who's, oh, where's he hiding? I'm going to go find him. I am after his heart.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast.